Hi, welcome back to Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. I'm Lynn. And I'm Rochelle. And today we are talking about season six, episode 15, called The French Mistake. Yay! I know, this is one of our favorite episodes. I love The French Mistake. I would say, I would say it's in my, like, top five. Yeah, I think this one, Clap Your Hands If You Believe. Yes, for sure. Are, like... Hell House is one of my favorites, too, with the first one with the ghost facers. Yeah, that's not one of my favorites. I like it, but it's not one of my favorites. I think yeah. this one and Clap Your Hands If You Believe, um, there's a couple episodes later on, too. Yeah, and like, then, like, Changing think- Channels... Yeah, changing channels. Yeah. I think my top two are, we've only done one of them so far, but our fan fiction, which is in like season 10, and Swan Song, which is the last one of season five. Yeah, I think, honestly, I think my top two are probably, Probably the French mistake and clap your hands if you believe. They're just funny. They're hilarious yeah. episodes. I like them. So. Yeah, those they are. are funny. Those tend to be my favorites anyway. So it's yeah, funny stuff. But yeah, okay. So we start out at nighttime at Bobby's. Dean is doing some research. Sam walks into the room and asks, "Where's Bobby?" Dean says, "In town, supply run." Sam asks, "In this?" Motioning to the storm outside. Dean holds up an empty bottle of hard alcohol and says, "Man is a hero. We are officially out of Hunter's Helper." <laughs> The electricity crackles and suddenly Balthazar is there. He says, hello, boys. Seen the Godfather, right? Dean says, Balthazar? Balthazar says, when Michael... Oh, I'm going to say these names totally wrong, P.S., because I don't know these actors. But <laughs> Balthazar says, when Michael Corleone sends his men to kill his enemies in one bloody swoop. Balthazar picks up a box from behind Bobby's desk. Dean says, hey. Balthazar says, dead sea brine. Good, good, good. And he pours some into a bowl. Balthazar says, um, then Mo Green gets hit in the eye. Don Cuneo gets it in the revolving door. Dean says, <laughs> <"Dean's>... <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny, <laughs> but it is. It is funny. What is the revolving door? <laughs> Do you think he's being literal and there's an actual revolving door? Or are we thinking we're talking about like his behind <laughs> myself (laughs) oh oh man oh the abs that I don't have are hurting (laughs) well I don't know what they're talking about but I'm not taking it I didn't take it as an actual revolving (laughs) you can tell we've never watched the godfather so if someone at home has you can let us know what they mean by revolving door like Because what part of the body could be considered revolving? <laughs> I mean, maybe the bum. <laughs> Again. Depending on what you're into. 
confused by the imagery, but... I don't want to think about it too hard. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So Dean says, I said, hey. Balthazar says, you did. Twice. Good for you. And he pats him on the shoulder. Then Balthazar says, blood of lamb, blood of lamb. And then he teleports to the fridge and starts going through it. He says, beer, cold pizza, blood of lamb. Yes, blood of lamb. And he holds up a jar of blood. Sam asks, why are you talking about the Godfather? Balthazar says, because we're in it right now, tonight. And the role of Michael Corleone uh, is the archangel Raphael. Balthazar pours some blood into a bowl, uh, into the bowl. Dean says, mind telling us what you mean? Balthazar says, Balthazar sighs and says, no, no, no. He's going through one of Bobby's desk drawers. He dumps the whole thing out and finds a secret compartment. Then he says, yes, blood of a lesser saint. That's not what he says. He says, yes. <laughs> he says, yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. He says, yes. <laughs> Bone of a lesser saint. This vertebrae will do nicely. Your Mr. Singer does keep a beautiful pantry. Dean says, wait, Raphael is after you? Balthazar says, Raphael is after all of us. He crunches up the vertebrae and drops the pieces into the bowl. Balthazar says, you see, he consolidated his strength and now he's on the move. Sam asks, and where's Cass? Balthazar says, oh, Cassie, he's deep, deep underground. So good old Rafi put out a hit list on every good Samaritan who helped our dear Cass, including both of you. And so much more importantly, me. See, he wants to draw Cass out into the open. Sam says, you expect us to believe you? Balthazar goes over to the window with the bull and draws a sigil with the lamb's blood mixture. He says, you'll go where I throw you either way. Dean says, what's that supposed to mean? They hear a crackling sound and Balthazar says, and that's all the time we have, gentlemen. Balthazar opens up his blazer and says, where is it? Sam and Dean see his shirt is soaked in blood. Dean says, oh, what happened there? Balthazar says, oh, garish, I know. You see, Uncle Rafi sent one of his nastiest to handle me. I'm flattered, actually, and down a lung at the moment, but that's all right. He pulls a locker key out of a pocket and says to Sam, here's for you. Sam takes it and says, what am I supposed to do with this? Balthazar says, run with it. Then Balthazar is thrown by an invisible force. Another angel is suddenly there. Balthazar says, Virgil. To Sam and Dean, Balthazar says, I said run, and he uses his angel power to throw Sam and Dean through the window with the sigil on it. They land on a stunt crash pad outside the window. A man named Robert Singer says, cut, and a bunch of people start clapping. They're in a warehouse on a soundstage. A man pats Dean on the butt and says, real good solid fall, way to go. <laughs> Robert Singer says, Jared Jensen, outstanding, that was just great. A dude with one of those scene marker things. I don't know what those things are called. <laughs> scene markers. Really? I got yeah. it? Okay, well, I said scene marker things, but yeah. I think it's what it's called, is a scene marker. Okay. Well, he says, supernatural, scene one, echo, take one, tails late, marker. And then we get our opening title sequence. Uh, so we cut to Sam and Dean looking through the window they just fell through and see that Bobby's house is just a set. Sam says, so no angels? Dean says, no angels, I think. Mm -hmm. We cut to Robert Singer and his <clears throat> colleagues looking at footage of the window fall through. The screen fritzes during the shot. Robert says, but that was just great. Another man named Sergey says, it's not a problem with the stunt. It's a problem with the signal. Sam and Dean are watching this exchange. Sam says, should we be killing anybody? Dean says, I don't think so. Sam says, running? Dean says, where? And a man named Kevin says, get us right up to where they just 
that's not what he says. He says, get us right up to where they, just before they hit the window. Robert says, you know, the part where they hit the window was the good part. Kevin says, well, we can clean up, reset the window. It takes about 95 minutes, basically. So we'd have to blow off the scene where they just sit on the Impala and talk about their feelings. <laughs> Sam picks up a piece of broken glass. It wobbles like rubber. Robert says, ha, right, you answer the hate mail. Kevin says, or we could have them fly at the window and then freeze frame, then cut to black, act out. Robert says, freeze frame. Kevin says, uh, yeah, freeze frame. Sergey says, serviceable. Robert sighs and says, fine, whatever. Season six, moving on. So we cut to a walkie, uh, no, that's not what I meant to say. We cut to a walkie-talkie. Um, Kevin, into a walkie-talkie, says, moving on, that's a wrap on Jared and Jensen. Sam says, who the hell are, but then a woman comes up to them and says, Jared, three minutes, okay? Great. And she grabs Sam and pulls him away. Dean tries to follow and whispers, where are we going? But another woman comes up and says, Jensen, there you are. Let's just get you into the chair. Dean says, the chair? And she ushers like, oh. <laughs> I know. What are we doing in the chair? And she ushers them into a chair in front of a vanity mirror. The woman says, okay, hon, we're just going to get this makeup off your face. She starts wiping his face with a wet wipe, and Dean says, whoa, I'm not wearing any. And then he sees the makeup on the wipe and says, oh, crap, I'm a painted whore. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. So we cut to Sam. The woman who pulled him away is standing next to Sam in front of a camera. She says, Trish Evian here with Jared Padalecki from TV Supernatural. So Jared, season six, you beat the devil, lost your soul, and got it back again. So tell us, what's next for Sam Winchester? Sam says, look, I really don't, but Trish says, oh, and if you could include the question in your answer, thanks. <laughs> so we cut to Dean, meeting back up with Sam. Dean says, dude, they put freaking makeup on us, those bastards. Sam says, I know what this is. Dean says, okay, what? Sam says, it's a TV show. Dean says, you think? Sam says, wait, I mean here, wherever here is, this Twilight Zone Balthazar zapped us into, for whatever reason, our life is a TV show. Dean says, why? Sam says, I don't know. Dean says, no, seriously, why? Why would anybody want to watch our lives? Sam says, well, I mean, according to the interviewer, not very many people do. Look, I'm not saying it makes sense. We've landed in some dimension where you're Jensen Ackles and I'm something called a Jared Padalecki. <laughs> Dean says, oh, what? So now you're Polish? <laughs> Is any of this making any sense to you? They walk outside out of the studio and see the Impala. Dean says, oh, hey, at least my baby made it. And then someone starts throwing mud onto the windshield. <laughs> Dean says, hey, hey, what? And then he notices three other babies, all in various states of disrepair. He's like, ah! <laughs> I know. Dean says, I feel sick. I'm going to be sick. <laughs> they start walking, and Dean says, I want to go home. I feel like this whole place is bad touching me. <laughs> Sam says, yeah, I know. Me too. So what do you think? Cass? Dean says, it's our best shot if he's still alive. Dean closes his eyes and says, dear Castiel, who are maybe running his ass away from heaven, we pray that you have your ears on. So breaker, breaker. Then they notice Cass staring at them from a little ways away. Dean says, Cass? Cass? Hey, Cass, oh, thank God. What is this, huh? What did Balthazar do to us? Cass composes his face and then says, to keep you out of Virgil's reach, he's cast you into an alternate, an alternate reality, a universe similar to ours in most respects, yet dramatically different in others. Dean says, like Bizarro Earth, right? Except instead of having a Bizarro Superman, we get this clown factory. Cass says, um, yeah, well, anyway, no time to explain. Do you have the key? 
Sam grabs the key from his pocket and says, yeah, so what's this thing do anyway? Cass takes the key and says, it opens a room. Dean says, what's in the room? Cass says, every weapon Balthazar stole from heaven. Dean says, and he gave it to us? Cass says, to keep safe until I could reach you. With those weapons, I have a chance to rally my forces. Sam says, oh, okay, good, yeah. So now what's the deal with all this TV crap? Cass says, pardon? Dean says, amen, Padaleski. Sam says, lucky. <laughs> Dean says, what? Sam says, lucky, I'm pretty sure. Castiel, who is really an actor named Misha Collins, says, man, they put out new pages? And he pulls out his script. He's like, oh, no, I'm behind. <laughs> yep. Dean says, um, new what? Sam says, is this some kind of cosmic joke? Dean says, because if it is, it's stupid and we don't get it. Sam says, yeah. Misha pulls off his tie and says, are you guys okay? <laughs> Dean grabs the script and says, give me that. These are words in a script. This isn't Cass. Sam says, but look at him. Misha says, you guys want to run lines or? Dean says, his name is Misha. Misha? <laughs> Sam grabs the key back and says, oh, wow, just great. Dean hands the script back and they walk away from Misha. Dean says, Misha? Jensen? What's up with the names around here? Misha yells from behind them. Oh, you guys, you really punked me. I'm totally going to tweet this one. And he pulls out his phone and says, as he types, Hola, Misha Migos. J squared. <laughs> I love that, Misha Migos. I, and has anybody ever used that? Also, I'm sorry, Steve's like squawking in the background. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I, I totally heard him. Um, I have no idea if anyone's used that. I've never heard that. of Misha Migos other than on this episode. Yeah, I think, I think I've seen it quite a bit on Tumblr, but that's not surprising. Yeah. Yeah. Like, did they get it from this episode or was yes. that before yes. the episode? Okay. I, think, I think they got it from this episode. I'm, I'm actually just guessing, but I think so. Yeah. Um, so he says, hola, Misha Migos. J squared got me good. We cut back to Sam and Dean. Dean says, I just want to dig my finger into my brain and scratch it until we're back in Kansas. <laughs> so we cut back to Misha, who types, really starting to feel like one of the guys. We cut back to Sam and Dean, who comes up to a trailer that has a sign on the door saying, J Ackles, Supernatural. Sam points and says, hey, J Ackles. Dean says, that's fake me. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, this must be fake mine. He's like, I'm taking it. <laughs> yep. So they go inside and Dean notices a big remote control helicopter on a desk. Dean says, dude, I have a helicopter. <laughs> Sam notices a fish tank and says, whoa, all right, who puts a 300 gallon aquarium in their trailer? Dean says, apparently Jensen Ackles. Sam sits down at a laptop and says, all right, here we go. Let's see who this guy is. Dean says, well, he's not a hunter, but he plays one on TV. And he picks up a copy of Supernatural magazine and says, oh, come on. He shows Sam the cover and says, look at these male modeling sons of bitches. <laughs> nice He's blue like, steel, hey, Sam. we hot. <laughs> I know. Sam says, hey, apparently it's our job. Okay, so those are real magazines that they used to have. And I had all of them and I threw them away. Oh, no. I threw them away, like, when I moved into this house because I didn't think I needed them anymore. <sighs> I know I had all of them, but they they stopped publishing them a while ago. That sucks. I know I feel like such an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> they were good too. They were full of just like interviews with all the cast, like especially Jared and Jensen, and yeah. And they had like delicious looking pictures of them in it, like all over it. And oh goodness, <laughs> I know they were good. Okay, uh, where am I? Okay, 
Sam says, all right, here goes. It says you're from Texas. Dean says, really? Sam says, yeah. And oh, it says you were on a soap opera. Dean says, what? And they watch a clip from a soap opera that Jensen was actually on. Dean shuts the laptop and says, I don't like this universe, Sammy. We need to get out. We need to get out of this universe. Sam says, yeah, no argument here, but I don't think our prayers are reaching Cass or the real Cass. Dean says, well, I agree. I think we're definitely out of soul phone range, but if we can reverse Balthazar's spell, I watched every move. If we just get the right ingredients, right, and get back to that same window, there's no place like home. So we cut to Bobby's house on set. Sam and Dean are going through Bobby's desk. Sam says, backbone of a lesser saint. Got it. Oh, it's rubber. Dean holds up a knife and says, check this out. And he bends the rubber blade. He drops it and grabs another knife that has the blade slide into the handle when used. He starts pretend Sam stabbing Sam with it. <laughs> Dean says, hey, look, it's fake. It's all fake. Robert and Kevin walk by and watch the whole exchange. Robert says to Kevin, well, at least they're talking to each other. <laughs> they're, they may be all out of place, but they're, they're speaking. Well, at least they're talking. <laughs> Dean says, what are we supposed to do with this crap? We cut to outside. Sam and Dean are walking towards uh, the baby with the mud on her. Sam says, of course everything is fake. We're on a film set. We got to get back to the real world. Dean says, now you're talking. They get inside baby and start to drive. Dean says, all right, so we go around. Uh, all right, so we go around up the genuine articles and bring them here for the spell. Uh, baby is not driving well. She's going slow and squealing. <laughs> Dean says, what the hell is going on? What's wrong with this thing? Then there's a man outside Dean's window saying, Mr. Ackles, please stop. Please stop. Sam says, it's not the Impala. Dean says, you think? It's a freaking prop, just like everything else. So Dean stops the car and they get out. The man says, thank you. Thank you so much. Dean asks him, how the hell are we supposed to get out of here? So we cut to the boys in the back of an SUV driving out of the studio lot. The driver says, you know whereabouts you want me to drop you off, Jensen? Dean says, me? Yeah, I'll just tag along with, uh, Sam says, Jared. Dean says, Jared here. The driver says, since when are you guys talking? Sam says, yeah, you know what, Clint? The driver says, Cliff. Sam says, yeah, of course, Cliff, obviously. So I think we're going to go back to my place and do some work. Dean says, work on our acting for our characters, for the show. Cliff <laughs> says, all right, and then chuckles. Dean says, where the hell are we anyways? And then they pass a sign that says Vancouver. Dean says quietly to Sam, dude, we're not even in America. He's so angsty about it too. <laughs> I know. He's so upset. He's like, why is this happening? <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean walking into Jared's mansion. Dean says, nice modest digs, Jay-Z. Sam looks around and says, whoa, I must be the star of this thing. <laughs> Dean scoffs and says, yeah, right. <laughs> Dean notices the tanning bed and says, check it out. Sam says, what am I, Dracula? Dean says, George Hamilton, Dracula. And then he notices the minibar and says, oh, now we're talking. He hears an animal bleeding outside and takes a peek through the curtains. Blah, 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 blah. Takes a peek through the curtains. He says, dude, you have a camel in your backyard. <laughs> Suddenly, the actress who plays Ruby, number two, is there. She says, it's an alpaca, dumbass. Dean says, Ruby? She says, Ruby, right, because that one never gets old. She's all dressed up, and she walks over to Sam and says, how was work today, hon? And she awkwardly kisses him. Dean says, wait, you and Ruby? She says, do you honestly think that's funny, Jensen? <laughs> She's like, got so much sass. Just like, really, I am over it. <laughs> yep. Dean says, right, right, because you're not Ruby. I mean, how could you be? Of course. You're the lovely actress who plays Ruby, and you are in Jared's house because you two are... 
and then he notices framed wedding pictures on the fireplace mantle. Dean says, married? You married fake Ruby? <laughs> she says, what are you doing? Sam says, work, work, ha. <laughs> Dean says, yeah, just thought I'd pop in and say, hey, hey, and maybe run some lines. She says, you've never even been to our house. Dean says, well, now that I know there's an alpaca, I'm definitely coming back. <laughs> she says, well, alpacas are the greenest animal. <laughs> Dean says, right, right. That is so important. She says, well, there's that thing I have to get to. Sam says, oh, yeah, of course, the thing. She says, the International Otter Adoption Charity Dinner? <laughs> okay, well, I'm glad you two are talking anyway. And she kisses him again. They both check her out as she walks away. <laughs> Dean says, well, looks like you did all right. Sam says, Sam says, yeah, yeah, I should figure out her name. <laughs> That's awful. <laughs> I know. He's like, I don't know what to call her, my wife. <laughs> Hi there, lady. <laughs> just going to call you fake Ruby from now on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> yep. So we cut to Sam doing research on a huge computer screen. Sam says, wristbone of a saint and holy requilary. Uh, museum quality from, I'm going to say this wrong, Dioces? Dioces? How do you say that? Diocese? Diocese. There you go. And in, uh, in Oaxaca? I don't know how to say that either. That place in Mexico. Do Oaxaca? you know how to say that word? What? Oaxaca? Yes, that's it. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm not looking at the... <laughs> I didn't write down the name, so I'm like... Yeah, yeah, uh... yeah. Yeah, you got it. I do not know how to say that. Okay. Uh, looks legit. Dean says, all right, auction house is in Mexico City. Could be there day after tomorrow. We case it, yank it. We're back here by the end of the week. Sam says, or we could just buy it. Dean says, buy it. What? Dude, that thing's over 100000 Sam holds up a black credit card. Dean says, hello, Jared Padalecki. <laughs> so we cut to Sam speaking Spanish into his cell phone. Dean is on a laptop trying to buy something with his credit card. He says, triple rush, no problemo, because money is no, but then his card declines. Dean says, this baby's maxed. <laughs> Sam says, <laughs> Sam says, wow, they said it should be at the airport first thing in the morning. Dean says, money, man, there is nothing like it. All right, couch, TV star, beauty rest. And he lays down on the couch. We cut to Sam wandering around the house, drinking a beer. Fake Ruby comes home. And Sam says, hey, hi, uh, Genevieve. She <laughs> says, Jen. So Sam says, Jen, of course, yeah. So how is the otter thing? She says, it was good. Everybody missed you there. She hands him her coat and he says, oh, wow, I bet. So listen, I got to ask you a question. Do you remember the year before last, all those disasters? Jen says, disasters? Sam says, yeah, the whole earthquake spike, you know, the 9.2 in Rome. I mean, the 8.5 outside of Boston, the whole east-west tsunami chain. Jen says, yes, I remember all those from last season on your show. Sam says, no, yeah, I know. That's what I mean. That's what I was talking about. <laughs> Jen says, you have been Sam Winchester way too long. She kisses him and then takes his hand and pulls him up the stairs. So we cut to the Get morning. Some, buddy. <laughs> I know. Get it. Get it. She's your wife after all. I know, right? So we cut to the morning. Sam gets handed a box of, uh, what am I writing here? Okay, sorry. Bad handwriting. Sam gets handed a box off an airplane while Dean and Cliff wait in the car watching. Cliff says, so I don't mean to pry, but why are we picking up packages at 8 a.m. that haven't cleared customs yet? Dean says, just saving time. Sam gets in the car and Dean says, all right, here we go. Cliff asks, not doing anything illegal, are we? Sam says, would it make you feel better if we said no? Cliff <laughs> says, 
nope, and starts to drive. He's just like, I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> nope. So we cut to Bobby's fake house on set. Dean is opening up the box when the set lights come on. Robert Singer finds them there and says, what's this? Here for a first run through before anyone else? Dedication. Dean says, can I talk to you for a second? We're going to need the set cleared for safe side an hour or so. Robert says, you need it cleared? Dean says, yeah, me and Jared, we're going to do some actor stuff. Robert says, Jensen, we're thrilled to see you collaborating so creatively, and your enthusiasm is refreshing. You know, Dean Kane was like that on Lois, and that man's a real actor. And we will clear this set exactly when we shoot the two and three eighths page we are scheduled to shoot on this set. So do your actor stuff, and we'll do our camera stuff. So we cut to Sam and Misha sitting in chairs. Misha sees the box with the bone in it and says, oh, priority, what's in it? Sam says, I bought part of a dead person. Misha says, oh, cool. Misha's like, huh. <laughs> Dean comes over and, yeah. Dean comes over and says to Sam, okay, bad news. Looks like we're going to have to do a little acting. Sam says, what? So we cut to someone with a scene marker saying, supernatural, scene 36, take one, marker. Robert Singer says, action. Misha, as Castiel, says, Balthazar is no hero, but he knows Raphael will never take him back. Dean walks towards Cass and then notices he misses his tape marker on the floor, so he sidesteps over to it. <laughs> Robert yells, cut! So we cut to a guy with the scene marker saying, supernatural, scene 36, take eight, marker. Robert says, action. Castiel says, Balthazar is no hero, but he knows Raphael will never take him back. Dean walks towards Cass and reads his script out loud. He says, Dean grimly, and yet somehow we got no problem with it. Robert yells, cut. Misha mouths to the camera. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> a woman comes up to Misha. Uh, a woman comes up to fix Misha's hair. Robert says, action, and Misha shoves her away. <laughs> Sam says, that's because, uh, that's because we have no other choice. Dean mutters to him, don't look at the camera. Sam says, what? Dean says, look anywhere but the camera. Sam looks at the ceiling and says, dramatically, that's because we have no other choice. Dean smolders at Castiel. <laughs> I love, he just, like, he tries to, like, smolder. He's trying, I think he's trying to pull off the blue steel from earlier. Yeah. But, like, he just looks constipated. <laughs> he is, like, glaring at him, but he's it is like, so funny. I don't know what to do. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Okay. Robert yells, cut for the love of... So we cut to Robert saying, action. Dean does some more intense smoldering. <laughs> Robert yells, cut. <laughs> so we cut to Robert saying, action. Sam stiffly raises his arm and says, if there's a key, then there must also be a lock. And he raises the other arm. Robert yells, cut. So we cut to Robert saying, action. Sam says, if there's a key, then there has to be a lock. And when we find the lock, we can get the weapons, and then we can have the weapons, and the lock, and we'll have a lock, I imagine, because we opened it, and the key that, that opens it, Dean says in a growly voice, we had to get all of that crap. Sam says, what? Oh, Dean whispers, that's how he does it. Sam says, oh yeah. Dean turns to Robert and the crew and says, do we really need all these lines? I mean, I think we've covered it, hey? Robert yells, cut. What is happening? What is happening? Sergey says, an atrocity is happening. Kevin says, seems like they should stop. Robert says, they can't stop. Nobody stops. Do we get anything we can use? Kevin says, well, technically, we have them saying everything in bits and pieces. It could be sort of experimental. <laughs> Robert says, whatever. Season six. 
Damn it. He keeps like saying season six, like, ugh, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Quite honestly, I think season six is one of my favorite seasons. Season six is pretty good. I agree with you. <laughs> so Sam, Dean, and Misha sit down in their actor chairs. Sam looks at the script and says, Who wrote this? Nobody says penultimate. <laughs> Dean nods and says, uh, Gun, mouth, now. Kevin yells, Moving on. Sam grabs his bone box and says, Thank God. <laughs> Bone box. <laughs> uh, so Sam and Dean walk away. Misha tweets, I am H-O. J&J had a late one last night. We cut to Sam and Dean in Bobby's fake room set. Dean says, all right, damn it. We earned this. So we cut back to Misha tweeting, R-O-T-F-L-M-A. I can't do this. Sorry. <laughs> R-O-T-F-L-M-A-O. We cut to Robert on the phone with Sarah Gamble. She says, spell it out for me, please. What is our terror alert level here? Robert says, I don't know, Sarah. Orange, maybe? They started talking to each other. Sarah says, but that's a good thing. Robert says, right, I thought so. But now Jensen's living at Jared's house. Plus, Cliff says they're smuggling. (laughs) So we cut to Sam and Dean. Dean has painted a sigil on Bobby's window. Sam says, that's it? Dean says, that's it, Toto. So we cut to Robert still on the phone with Sarah. Kevin says to Robert, Misha's celebrity tweet says it's a black market organ thing. I'm betting drugs. Robert says to Sarah, anyway, as far as I can see, I think they've lost any shred of talent they've ever had. (laughs) Just then Sam and Dean crash through the window that Dean drew the sigil on. Dean says, oh, that one hurt. Kevin says, drugs. (laughs) So we cut to Sam and Dean in Jensen's trailer. Sam says, maybe we did it wrong. Dean says, no, no, that spell was perfect. It should have worked. Sam says, what if it can't? Look, I was up all night looking online. There is no sign that anything like the apocalypse happened here, ever. And as far as I can tell, monsters, ghosts, demons, they're all pretend. Dean says, nobody's hunting them? Sam says, no hunters. Maybe that's why our spell didn't work, Dean. You know, maybe here, there's no supernatural, no magic. Dean says, no demons, no heaven, no hell, no God? Sam says, something like, even better, no angels. So we cut to a motel room on the set of the Supernatural. A red circle glows on the window, and then Virgil, the assassin angel, breaks through the glass. We cut to Sam and Dean walking through the set. Dean says, maybe we can't, uh, maybe we can't get out of Earth 2 right now, but the least we can do is get out of ca- the Canadian part of it. Blah, I need a drink. Hold on here. <laughs> hmm. I mean, okay. you know, D- Dean, appear- I don't know why Dean isn't like why he hates Canada so much like what's wrong with Canada you know yeah I don't think any I don't think he thinks anything's wrong with Canada I just think it's like not only are they like not in their right earth but they're just not in their right country and he can't handle it (laughs) he's like America I want America (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly right so okay he says if I hear one more conversation about hockey I'm gonna puke (laughs) so they turn down a hallway and suddenly Virgil is there Virgil says, you think you can run? He puts out his, or he puts his hand on Dean's head. Samuel's no, but nothing happens. Dean says, sorry, dude, mojo free zone. And then Dean punches Virgil. Sam says, no magic in the house. Dean says, which makes you nothing but a dick. So Sam and Dean start fighting Virgil. We cut to a man talking to a pretty blonde. He says, you know, I oversee all the stunts, coordinate all the fights. The woman says, that's exciting. She looks over at Sam and Dean and Virgil and says, is that one of yours then? He sees Sam holding Virgil's arms back and Dean punching Virgil over and over. 
The man says to Kevin and some other dudes nearby, guys, and they all start running to break it up. Kevin says, not good, not good. <laughs> when the other dudes try to break up the fight, Sam says, no, stop, you don't understand. The man holding, um, let's see, oh, the men hold Sam and Dean back, and Virgil reaches into Sam's pocket and grabs the key that Balthazar gave him. Then Virgil runs away. Dean yells after him, we'll break your freaking neck. Sam yells, die. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if he just did that, like if that was in the script or if he was just like, Man, <laughs> I know That's it's a little out of character for Sam to just yell "die" at somebody. <laughs> die! <laughs> <laughs> so we cut to Robert on the phone with Sarah. Still, she says, "I'm trying to understand, Bob." Robert says, "Well, sure, we don't really understand it ourselves, but it appears that Jared and Jensen were seen beating an extra to death." <laughs> Sarah says, "Huh." Another man in the room named Jim Michaels says, it wasn't all the way to death, just part way. So that's a plus. Kevin says, and he could definitely still run. Robert says, we'll certainly follow up on that. But I think the real issue here, Sarah, is that the boys appear to be on some kind of extended psychedelic acid trip. <laughs> Sarah says, okay, maybe it would help if I, I'll fly up and talk to them. Jim says, you know, I'm not sure Jared and Jensen know who she is, strictly speaking. She's, you know, new, no offense. Robert says, yeah, I think what we might need at this stage is for Kripke to come himself. He created the show. They'll listen to him. Sarah says, how does that make me look? I'm supposed to be running this thing. Besides, Eric's off in some cabin somewhere writing his next pilot. <laughs> Robert says, he sold Octocobra? Mother of God, they'll buy anything. <laughs> so we cut to Sam and Dean walking around. Dean says, if Virgil broke through, maybe he's got a way to get back. Sam says, Ori has no juice here. Now he's stuck like us. Dean says, yeah, either way, I want to finish kicking his ass. So we cut to nighttime. Misha walks out of his trailer. There's a young guy waiting there. Uh, there's a young guy waiting there. He tries to hand Misha some papers. He says, good night, Misha. Misha doesn't take the papers, but says, good night, little fella. Misha gets in his car and buckles up. He looks in his rear view mirror, blah, blah, rear view mirror and then gets his phone out and tweets, I forget the feeling someone's in the back seat. Frowny face. Then Virgil pops up from the back seat and puts a knife to Misha's throat. Misha squeals like a little girl. Virgil says, drive. So we cut to Sam and Dean in Bobby's fake house on set. Robert is sitting at Bobby's desk waiting for them. He says, there you guys are. You got a minute? Sam says, actually, we're looking for. Robert says, that extra you tried to kill? <laughs> so is it money? Is this the kind of act that goes away if we can scare up coverage on a raise? <laughs> Dean says, more money? You, you, blah, blah, blah. you already pay these two jokers enough as it is. Sam says, yeah. Robert says, because I'd like to think that over these years, we've grown closer, that you don't think of me as director Bob or executive, pro executive producer Bob Singer, but as Uncle Bob. Sam says, wait, you're kidding. So the character in the show, Bobby Singer? Dean says, what kind of douchebag names a character after himself? Sam says, oh, that's not right. Robert says, okay, guys, let's begin again. Sam and Dean turn away from him. Dean says quietly, I don't think Virgil would have shagged ass out of here without getting his mitts on that key. Sam says, yeah, yeah, I agree. Sam pats his pockets looking for the key. Robert comes up and says, guys, you can't, <laughs> you can't come to work on poppers and smuggle kidneys in from Mexico and make up your own lines as you go. You cannot make up your own lines. Good God, what about your careers? Sam says, you know what? Screw our careers, Bob. Robert says, what? 
Dean says, you heard my brother. That's right. I said brother, because you know what, Bob? We're not actors. We're hunters. We're the Winchesters. Always have been and always will be. And where we're from, people don't know who we are. But you know what? We matter to that world. In fact, we even saved the son of a bitch once or twice. And yeah, here maybe there's some fans who give a crap about this nonsense. Robert says, wouldn't call it nonsense. Dean says, but Bob Singer, if that even is your name, tell me this. What does it all mean? Robert says, okay, this is good. I mean, we've all had our psychotic breaks, right? I can work with this. Sam says, Dean, Virgil, I think he has the key. Dean says to Robert, we quit. Sam says, yeah, and they walk away. So we cut back to Misha. He stops the car at an alleyway. Virgil gets out and then manhandles Misha out of the car. Misha says, okay, easy. Virgil, hands, uh, Virgil has a knife to Misha's throat and Misha whimpers. Virgil says, how do you do it? Misha says, please. Virgil says, live in this grubby, shabby desert. Nothing greater than yourselves. Nothing but dirt when you die. Virgil is walking Misha down the alley. He slams Misha up against the wall and says, no power, no magic. Misha says, please, I'm not following you at all. Virgil says, there's no magic in your universe. A homeless man watches in some shadows. Misha says, I'm sorry, please. Virgil says, you're nothing but a bag of strings and pulleys. Misha is crying now. He says, what? You should thank me for what I'm about to do. Uh, that's not what he says. I'm sorry. <laughs> Misha is crying now. Virgil says, what? You should thank me for what I'm about to do. Misha says, why? What are you about to do? Virgil says, I need to make an important call. I pray to God that it even goes through. And then he slits Misha's throat. Virgil collects the blood in a bowl and says, this is what I've been reduced to. Misha collapses and dies. Virgil says into the bowl, Raphael. So we cut to Sam and Dean walking into Jared's house. Sam says, maybe if we get inside the police dispatch system. Dean says, put out an APB on Virgil. Might work if he stays obvious. Sam says, not like we have the time. Uh, not like we have time. Suddenly, Jen is there. She's crying hysterically. She says, oh my God, oh my God. Sam says, what? She says, Misha's been stabbed to death. Sam and Dean say at the same time, where? Jen says, where? So we cut to Misha's crime scene. Sam and Dean are checking it out when they see the homeless man being inter interviewed. Interviewed. The man says to the, a cop, yeah, Raphael, like the Ninja Turtle. He was calling someone named Raphael up in heaven. So we cut to Sam and Dean interrogating the homeless man. The man says, yeah, that's right. The scary man killed the attractive crying man. And then he started to pray. <laughs> and the strange part, after a while, I swear I heard this voice answering. Sam says, what did it say? The man says, you know, it didn't make any sense. Dean says, try us. The man says, the voice said for Virgil to return tomorrow at the place where he crossed over at the time of the crossing and Raphael would reach through the window and take him and the key home. Dean says, oh, okay, hey, thank you. And then he gives the homeless man some money. The man leaves. Sam says, Dean, if Virgil gets back with the key, Cass is dead and our world is toast. Dean says, well, then we stop him. I mean, how bad can an angel with no wings be? So we cut to Virgil at a hunting shop, checking out guns. He tells the man behind the counter, I'd like to see that pump action tactical 12 gauge. The clerk says, you bet, nice choice. You really know your ordinance, mister. Virgil says, I am the weapons keeper of heaven. The clerk says, excuse me? Virgil clocks him in the face with the butt of the gun and says, it's my job. And then he starts loading bullets into the gun. Someone walks into the shop and Virgil shoots him. So we cut to Sam and Dean in fake Bobby's house. Dean says, you know that if we drop Virgil, get the key. I mean, this might be it. We might be stuck here. Sam says, no, we'll figure out a way back. 
Dean says, yeah, maybe. Uh, you wouldn't be that broken up if we didn't, though. Sam says, what? Don't be stupid. Dean says, well, I'm just saying, no hell below us, above us only sky. Sam says, Dean, our friends are back there. Dean says, yeah, but here, you got a pretty good life. I mean, back home, the hits have been coming since you were six months old. You got to admit, being a bazillionaire, married to Ruby, the whole package, it's no contest. Sam says, no, you know, you were right. We don't, we just don't mean the same thing here. I mean, we're not even brothers here, man. Dean says, all right, then let's get our crazy show back home. So I think that's super sweet. He's like, we're not even brothers here. He's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) I want to be your brother. Yeah. Dean says, all right, then let's get our crazy show back home. So we cut to outside on the studio lot. Robert is talking with the PA when an SUV rolls up to them. Eric Kripke gets out and says, Bob, dude, what the hell, right? Robert says, Eric, thanks for coming. Kripke says, of course. Robert says, I know you're busy and it means a lot that we can still call on you. Kripke says, yeah, yeah, Misha, right? Robert says, I know, it's just awful. Kripke says, oh, totally awful, totally, yeah. Hey, it got us the front page on Variety, though. Did you see that? Robert says, front page, really? (laughs) I know. Robert says, front page, really? And Kripke smiles and says, yeah. Robert says, but tragic. Kripke says, tragic, yeah, that's what I was going to say. Robert says, yeah, how's Octocobra? Kripke says, oh, I think I really had a breakthrough. Sorry, I totally just burped just then. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. Excuse uh-uh. me. Okay. <laughs> it was like a weird exhale as I was talking burp. Anyway. Oh, no, okay. I didn't hear anything. Okay, that's good. Um, Kripke says, um, I think I really had a breakthrough. I'll tell you about it over lunch. Robert says, I can't wait. Kripke says, yeah, okay. So I'm just going to bust into their trailer, guns blazing, and then take care of this whole mess. Just then, the PA notices Virgil walking towards them. He alerts Robert. Kripke says, what? Robert says, that guy, I think that's the extra. Kripke says, oh, fantastic. We can nip this bud right out of the gate. And he walks towards Virgil, yelling, hey, extra, over here. The PA says to Robert, he's got a gun. Virgil lifts the gun, and Robert yells, no. Virgil shoots Kripke, but he keeps walking towards him. (laughs) Virgil shoots him over and over until Kripke finally falls over dead. (laughs) The PA runs away and Virgil pulls out a handgun and shoots Robert. Inside the studio, Kevin is saying, I don't think we had gunfire on the call sheet today, but Virgil walks in and shoots him in the back. He shoots one more guy, a cameraman ducks, and another dude bends backwards out of the way. Suddenly, Sam is there and yells, hey, Virgil shoots at him, but Sam moves out of the way in time, and Dean tackles Virgil. They're in the fake motel set now. Virgil fights Sam and Dean at the same time. They knock out Virgil. Sam gets the key back from Virgil's pocket, and then a sigil on the window glows red. Sam says, Raphael, run. But they're thrown through the window by an invisible force. Once they hit the window, the show freeze frames. (laughs) Then they land on the ground outside, back in their world. Raphael is there in a female meat suit. Raphael says, you too. You have the strangest luck. Dean says, Raphael, nice meat suit. To Sam, he says, dude looks like a lady. (laughs) Raphael twists her hand, and Sam and Dean keel over in pain. Raphael says, the key. It's, it's already on the ground at her feet, so she picks it up. Suddenly, Balthazar is there, and he says, and that will open you a locker at the Albany bus station. Raphael says, really? Balthazar says, I needed a modest decoy to make it more convincing. Raphael says, give me the weapons. Balthazar says, sorry, darling, they're gone. Raphael says, what? Balthazar says, I said, too bloody late. You see... 
they were so well hidden that I needed time to find them, so I volunteered these two mamasets for a game of fetch with Virgil. You two were such a uh, you two were such an adequate stick. Thank you, thank you, boys. Raphael says you've made your last mistake. Balthazar says I got a few more up my sleeve, honey. <laughs> Raphael approaches Balthazar, but suddenly Cass is there. He says, "Step away from him, Raphael. I have the weapons now. Their power is with me." Lightning flashes, and we see the shadow of Castiel's wings. Dean looks very impressed. <laughs> Raphael says, Castiel. Cass says, if you don't want to die tonight, back off. Balthazar smiles, and Raphael whooshes away. Balthazar says, well, Cass, now that you have your sword, try not to die by it. Then Balthazar whooshes away. Cass walks up to Sam and Dean, and Sam says, Cass, what the hell? Cass puts his hands on the boy's shoulders and teleports them to Bobby's house. Sam says, wait, you were in on this? Using us as a diversion? Cass says, it was Balthazar's plan. I would have done the same thing. Dean says, that's not comforting, Cass. Cass says, when will I be able to make you understand? If I lose against Raphael, we all lose everything. Dean says, yeah, Cass, we know the stakes. That's about all you've told us. Cass says, I'm sorry about all this. I'll explain when I can. And then he wishes away. Dean says, friggin' angels. Sam goes up to a wall and slams his hand into it. He says, solid, it's real. Dean <laughs> He's says, like, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Dean says, nice. Sam says, yeah. Dean says, yeah, real moldy, termite-eaten house. Home sweet home. Chock full of crap that want to skin you. Oh, and we're broke again. Sam says, yeah, but hey, at least we're talking. And credits. Okay, so I have a few thoughts from this episode because I love this episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> First one being... Who in the heck has blood of lamb in their fridge? <laughs> Bobby fucking Singer. Imagine all the weird shit he has in his fridge. He's got a baseball bat. I know. <laughs> blood of lamb. Probably other types of blood. I would assume holy water. Which is lube. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> and beer. <laughs> to put the and lube beer. in. And <laughs> beer. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> I mean, I know that's not how that works. Because <laughs> they could just say that there's something in there, even though there isn't. <laughs> right. But, like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> yuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and, like, okay, yeah, that's. Mm. <laughs> Ew. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, but, yeah, that was just kind of like does that you know like obviously he does and he's got all sorts of random crap around his house I'm sure mm -hmm. which is why it looks like I mean when we see like pictures of just like you know his hallway or of his closets or whatever they're all everything his whole house is just cluttered but it's just like full of I mean not just junk it's useful stuff but <laughs> yeah it's just kind of one of those like okay you know <laughs> yep oh man I'd hate to have to like clean out his house that would suck that would suck. <laughs> um, also, okay, I think Dean, you would think that Dean would be excited about the prospect of, like, multiple babies, not, like, just, like, terrified about it. Yeah, <laughs> like, I think it was oh. because there was, like, one good one, and they were covering it with mud, and then the other ones were, like, they just got, like, equal, like, not equally, but, like, they got, like, increasingly shittier and shittier. Yeah, they were all, like, destroyed. Yeah. But you would think, 
that he would be like, at his first reaction wouldn't be like, oh my God, it would be like, oh, there's so many, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> and then be like, oh my God, what happened? You know? Yeah. I think he was just like mortified that it wasn't really his baby. Yeah. He's just, yeah. What is this, this imposter? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or these imposters, I guess. Yeah. Um, also, it takes a really good actor to pretend to be that bad of an actor. <laughs> oh my god, it was so funny. I love the smoldering. That was so great. <laughs> he just looked so constipated. It was fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just loved everything about it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And like the whole like lock and key sequence where he's, if there is a, a, a key, there must also be a lock. <laughs> <You know? laughs> Yeah. Just like Sam plays a really good awkward, just like, I don't know what to do with my limbs. You know? Yeah. Like, what's happening to me right now? You know? Yeah. I think my favorite was definitely the smolder, though. Oh, the, yeah. The, the, the Dean the smolder. smolder was, the smolder was good. The whole sequence was just hilarious. Um, but, okay. Also, like, why? Well, let's let's go to a different thought because this kind of ties in more with this last one. So Misha plays a really good scaredy cat and like diva, you know. Like, yeah. <laughs> and like, what is it? The R O T F L M A O or whatever. He's yeah. Just like, oh my god. You know. Like, <laughs> yep. I thought that was amazing. It, it was pretty darn good. Um, and all the like the like scared squealing he does when yeah. during his death scene that was pretty funny oh no what are you gonna do you know, like, yeah what do you gonna do <laughs> but okay i was kind of this one has never really made a whole lot of sense to me like why don't we see sebastian the one who plays um balthazar mm -hmm. in this episode because like clearly he's in the scene you know that they were yeah. acting out like why is he not there you know yeah. that, that was kind of a weird thing for me like why he's like one of the main characters in this episode but he doesn't show up in the other world and granted that could be you know just because I just think they didn't have a lot of time to like tell the story yeah and so they just didn't have time to include him in there and keep all the other good stuff that they did put in well, oh, yeah, for sure. But I'm not saying they have to do, like, a full, like, sequence about it. But, like, I, I was kind of oh, just, like, even just like, a... like, see him, you know, after the boys get, like, launched out of the window and they land on, like, the, um, the mats. You know, I'm surprised we didn't see him, like, in the background somewhere as they're, like, kind of, like, cutting the scene and he wasn't, like, walking around or something, you know? Like, yeah, that makes sense. They didn't sense. have to, like, put him in it. But, like, I'm just surprised we didn't see him at all. Yeah, that is weird. I didn't think about that. A little odd. But, um, yeah, that, it, it was just kind of, that's one of those things that's always kind of, like, perplexed me. Like, he's one of the main characters in the episode. Why is he not there? Yeah. <laughs> but, um, I, I also, I, I kind of love that they blew away Kripke and Singer on their own show. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was amazing. You know, just, like. So funny. <laughs> like, I wonder what the real Eric Kripke thought about that. Like, the like as a just a person or yeah the the real guy in real life wonder what he thought about them killing him on the show yeah i don't know i'm sure he thought it was hilarious but probably i mean they would have to they would have to clear it with him 
they wouldn't be able to just be like, we're going to kill you off, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm sure that they talked to everybody that, because this episode, like I was, when I was reading the interesting facts, like the whole purpose of this episode is to kind of like make fun of the actors. Right, right, right. So like they would have to talk to all the people involved to an extent and be like, hey, is this okay if we do this, you know? Like, yeah, we're going to make fun of you. Yeah. We're gonna kill you. Yeah. Like, will you be butt hurt or is this okay? <laughs> yeah. Um, and also so another thing that I that's always kind of like intrigued, not necessarily bothered me, but intrigued me was that they keep talking about how the boys like don't talk to each other and how they like it, they essentially kind of make it sound like they don't like each other. Yeah. You know, which we know is not the case. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like, huh, I wonder if there's been some sort of, like, little spat or something that happened once or, you know, Just some falling out. Yeah. Well, Jen, Jen said that she had, that Jensen had never been to their house before. Yeah. So in six years, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. In the episode, not in real life. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. 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 The, uh, I, I just, it's just kind of weird. It's just like, huh, you know, like, mm-hmm. why, when they're like best friends of real life, why would you say that they don't talk to each other? You know, because yeah. it's like one of those, they're trying to like, you know, emulate their real life, but then they're like, oh, they don't speak. You know? Oh, I see what you're saying. Sorry. I was a little confused there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, didn't, I think we talked about this before, but in real life, I think they had like one fight early on in like the first season or second season, I think the first season, and, um, like, one of them walked into the other one's trailer, and the other one was, like, crying about it, and they've never had a fight since then. I don't know. Yeah, I don't remember any of that. They, like, made up instantly and have never had a fight again. Hmm. So. Well, I mean, I know that, like, in, I think it was in Vegas, Either that or it was one of the cons that we went to. They said that, you know, they like they they fight every once in a while, but it's not like, you know, anything major. No big deal. deal, Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um but I mean, because anybody around for that long, you're bound to have a couple of little squabbles here. Disagreements, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Like not necessarily big blowout fights, but you know, like Yeah. A a few little tiffs here and there. Of course. And I think, didn't they, like, live together for a short time? So... Yeah, they did. You know, roommates get in fights a lot, and... Yeah, they can. Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, those are my only thoughts. It was just... I I just... All the the only... Well, I guess the only other thought that I have is that I just love this episode. (laughs) I I love this episode, yeah. (laughs) I was was trying to explain it to my dad, and he was like, okay, wait... (laughs) Hold on. <laughs> Hold on. So there's a show called Supernatural. Mm-hmm. And, and anyway, blah, blah, blah. I was just trying to explain it. And he was just like, okay, we Jared and Jensen and who's who's what and who and Yeah. <laughs> and they're they're acting, but they're acting like they're not a- acting, but they're acting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah. It's like, eh, you're just gonna have to watch it. <laughs> you're gonna have to watch this episode. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> So what was your favorite moment from this episode? My, well, I loved a lot of this episode, but my very favorite moment is when um, it's towards the beginning where um, they just crossed over into the, you know, the TV show world and Mm -hmm. um, Jared gets taken away from, I'm sorry, Sam gets taken away from Mm -hmm. Dean by the interviewer. Mm -hmm. 
And, um, and when he comes back, he's like telling Dean, like, well, this is a TV show. And Dean is like, why would anybody want to watch our lives? <laughs> and Sam says, well, apparently not very many people do. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's my very favorite part. I love that. I think that's hilarious. Yeah. Yeah, because it's definitely, like, it's a show. Obviously, it lasted for 15 years, so they had enough viewers to, like... To keep it going, keep yeah. Keep going. But, like, it's so funny to me. Like, I'll talk to people, and I'm like, oh, have you ever heard of this show? And they're like, no. You know? Yeah. <laughs> if they have heard of it, they're like, oh, yeah, I think I've seen, like, an episode or two or something, you know? And I'm just like... How do so like how is it popular enough to have like packed conventions but nobody knows about it you know like, right I know it thing? <laughs> I know it yeah I don't know what was your favorite moment um mine was the whole like lock and key secret or sequence like when they're trying to act and like the whole like the blue steel and the where there's a, a key there must also be a lock you know yeah. like the horrible <laughs> acting you know because they're just like trying their best to be actors and they are just oh failing miserably <laughs> yeah that's so funny like I just, I'm sure that I would be exactly like that in that situation too or when Dean was like he like said something all like gruffly and Sam's like, what are you doing? And Dean is like, that's how he does it. This is how like, he talks. Yeah. This is how he talks. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, the whole thing was just hilarious to me. Like I, there's a lot of good moments in this one. Like I like the whole Misha thing where he's just kind of like, you know, a little bit of like a douche where he just can't, you know, he's like shoving the hair lady and like, get out of my scene, you know, and like yeah. just different stuff like that where it's like, this is ridiculous. I love it. You know? Yeah. Same here. Yeah. And the painted whore. Oh yeah. The that painted was, whore. I, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, no, my favorite favorite is the whole lock and key sequence and that whole little segment. Cause that's just fabulous. Yeah. That was pretty good. I love the smolder. God, I love the smolder so much. <laughs> I know. Like that's kind of one of those that like, honestly, if I were, if I have like a screensaver or something of Jensen or Dean or whatever, that would be it. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be this like, Oh, shirtless picture of, you know, Jensen Ackles. It would be the poop face. you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> why not? You know, like it's, it's just awesome. <laughs> yep. I agree. Um, so for this episode, there is a lot of interesting facts. <laughs> I bet. Um, so it says the tweets that Misha tweeted were, were quote unquote Misha. So in a lot of these, um, they're talking like Jared and Jensen and Misha and whatever. And it's like, quote, Jared, quote, Jensen, you know, cause it's like Sam and Dean as that, whatever. Anyway, right, right, right. So, so the tweets that Misha tweeted were real. He actually pulled out his phone and typed them as the camo was rolling. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, it says, in a scene where the stunt doubles are rehearsing a fight, they are Jared and Jensen's actual stunt doubles. Oh, okay. Um, so that was, I, I vaguely remember that, but I don't remember, like, you can't really see them very well. Yeah, they're kind of blurred in the background. Yeah. Um, it says, the picture of Jared's wedding is the real deal. And this, this isn't in the interesting facts, but I remember this from a con 
um, Jared said that he was really surprised because they didn't tell him that his actual wedding picture was going to be in, on the set. So they, like, they actually took it from home or, like, Jen uh-huh. gave it to them or something to put on, like, the mantle or whatever. Yeah. And, um he was like he kind of looked at it and that's why he looks like surprised in the episode like or in the scene and that was real because he was like oh you know like, yeah my actual wedding photo <laughs> that's is here. my like, real picture that's huh. my real picture yeah yeah um it says in the alternate universe jared and jensen um don't talk to each other in real life they're best friends and we're each other's groomsmen um, i love that it says, Jared and Jensen have both said that they were skeptical at first about playing themselves. Um, Jensen, speaking about it, said that as long as he was never asked to break character as Dean, then it didn't really matter um, what they were called or what situation they were in. Um, both actors have said that this episode ranks high on their list of favorite episodes. Cool. Um, Jared and Jensen said in a convention that they were worried um, when they were called into the writer's room for the episode because they never are. <laughs> oh. um, the writers wanted their permission to do the episode mocking them. Essentially, they're like, how do you feel about us giving you shit? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, making fun of you. The yeah. whole time. You know? Yeah. Um, it says, in Jensen's trailer, um, Sam and Dean see a clip from his work at a soap opera. Um, the clip is an actual one from Jensen's work in Days of Our Lives. Um it says, in a scene, the producers comment on how Jensen is living with Jared. Um, in real life, Jensen did live as a roommate in Jared's house in Vancouver before they both got married. Huh. Um, according to Jared, Genevieve was afraid to come back um, to the show after the negative reception her character had, but agreed when they told the script or told her the script would make fun of her. <laughs> Which, she was skeptical. Well, because she got a bunch of hate, right? She got a bunch of hate for the character, and so she was like, I don't know if I want to come back for this, but they're like, no, we're making fun of you. She's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says, the name of Jared and Jensen's bodyguard slash driver in this episode is Cliff Kosterman. Um, in real life, Cliff Kosterman was actually uh, the actor's bodyguard and guest starred as Tiny in the season two episode, Folsom Prison Blues. I remember that, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it says when Dean asks Sam um, why anyone would watch their lives, Sam answers that according to his interview, or not very many people do, as a joke about the show's ever struggling ratings. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, it says in the scene where Sam and Dean watch a clip of Jensen, um, or the you know actor Jensen from Days of Our Lives from 1965. That can't be right. Oh, it must that have, just must be when that show started. I was gonna say, like, he's not that old. Like, nope. but yeah, that must be when the show started. Um, it says, Jared Padalecki and Jensen Ackles thought the clip playing on the laptop would be added in um, during post-production. Um, however, the actual clip was played as the scene was shot, and Jared and Jensen's reactions were mostly real. Um, <laughs> Jensen later said he felt embarrassed to watch it. <laughs> oh, that's guy. funny. He was like, oh, it was so opera. He's oh. like, I want to go home. This is awful. You know? <laughs> um, he says, there's a scene where Bob Singer tells the boys they cannot make up their own lines. Um, it's a little inside joke. Um, both Jared and Jensen have confirmed that from time to time, while they can't and would never attempt to, uh, fundamentally change any of the actual storylines they do play with the dialogue as necessary to make it feel right for sam and dean um since they've been playing the characters for so long the writers trust them and give them leeway to do so within reason that's cool um 
It says, when the idea was brought forward, Misha Collins, playing himself in the episode, asked the writers to make the character as much of a jerk as possible. <laughs> um, when the final script was given to him and he still wanted to add something to it, in his own words, he said he tried to douche the character up as much as possible. <laughs> <laughs> like pushing the hair lady away and giving an intern the cold shoulder. Yeah. Um, the studio where the show is filmed in the alternate reality is named KM Studios in homage to the show's late producer, Kim Manners. Oh, okay. That's um, nice. It says, the idea for Jared to have an alpaca in his backyard came from Jared Padalecki and Genevieve Padalecki's real-life honeymoon trip to Machu Picchu. Okay. There must, there must have been alpacas there. <laughs> yeah. Um, it says... Ranked number two on EW's top 40 supernatural episodes, or it's ranked number two on EW's top 40 supernatural episodes behind um, season five, episode 22, Swan Song, and ahead of season 11's Baby. Okay, I could see that. Um, I mean, I like Swan Song. Like, it was a Swan Song is a great episode. It is really a good episode, but I, I'm kind of surprised that it's like the top episode you know i'm not i'm not surprised it's it's phenomenal i think i mean not I, yeah i guess not totally but still a little bit you know because like i don't know it hits all the right emotional cues i think that you don't love it as much because it's not a funny episode yeah i mean i do really like the episode but i wouldn't say it's one of my top maybe like top 10 sure yeah but i wouldn't say necessarily top five you know, mm-hmm. um, he says when director Robert Singer is talking with Jensen about how he loves his enthusiasm and he compares it to Dean Kane on Lois, um, it, it says Robert Singer was a director for the series Lois and Clark featuring Dean Kane. Okay. Um, when Sam and Dave, when Sam and Dave, <laughs> who's Dave? <laughs> Diva. Oh man. <laughs> When Sam and Dean arrive back in Bobby's house in their universe, the window um, and much of the wall behind them has been obliterated. Um, Like the scene in the movie, which this episode gets its name from, where they have literally broken the fourth wall. (laughs) At the end of the final scene of the episode, Sam checks that the wall is solid again. Um, Perhaps a a reassurance to viewers, as well as Sam and Dean, that they're truly back in the supernatural world. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, the title, The French Mistake, is from the dance number performed in Mel Brooks' Blazing Saddles, um, where the character's melee in the Western movie spills over to a Busby Berkeley-like number being shot in another part of the studio. Hmm. Which, I think I've seen Blazing Saddles once. I think I've seen it, like, once or twice, but I don't remember it. It was a long time ago. Uh, yeah, I don't remember, like, anything, so I, I couldn't tell you and i don't know enough about any of the characters or anything in that movie anyways to know if they were making fun of themselves or whatever you know yeah um it says the studio in the episode is called km motion picture studios um at the salute to supernatural san francisco 2011 um and in january 2011 cliff kosterman reported that the supernatural studios in burnaby vancouver had been officially named in honor of late director and producer kim manners um okay it says, when Sam and Dean arrive at Padalecki's home, there's a tanning bed that seems to be a coffin. Um, Sam asks, what am I, Dracula? And Dean answers, George Hamilton Dracula. <laughs> They're talking about uh, the 1979 movie Love at First Bite, where George Hamilton stars a very well suntanned vampire. 
Oh, you know, I that tanning machine looked very short, and I was imagining that if Jared got in that tanning machine, his, his feet, feet would stick out. out. Something both. would stick out. Yeah, I know. Something I was, would stick I, out. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! <laughs> <laughs> Mental picture. I know. <laughs> God. <laughs> oh man thanks for that almost everything is tamped it says when misha first meets sam and dean thinking they are jared and jensen uh he recites lines from his script in the character of castiel uh, the lines he recites describe the plot of this meta episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it says the actor who played Jim was also in the episode Folsom Prison Blues, where he played Deacon. Which that's right. I thought he looked familiar. I don't remember, but I'm sure I would if I looked at it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it says in the last scene in the meta world in Bobby's house, Dean suggests Sam wouldn't be that broken up if they got stuck in the meta world. Um, which Sam denies, and Dean responds, "Well, I'm just saying, no hell below us, only uh, above us, only sky." Um, here, Dean is quoting the line in the John Lennon song, "Imagine." Oh, I didn't catch that. It says Jared Padalecki and Misha Collins revealed that this is their favorite episode. Mm-hmm. Um, it says both in the supernatural universe and the TV universe in Bobby's house, there is a paper pinned to a wall that says Roy Lagrange, the Hoodoo Priest from. Uh, season one episode 12 faith um who's where the one where the wife was controlling the reaper i remember that one yep um it says jared and genevieve have since auctioned off the triptych portraits of themselves featured in jared's house for charity um Hmm. like those weird colored yeah i know what you're talking about i remember they said that they had brought them over to their house because they're like oh these are kind of interesting and they they were like we can't have pictures of ourselves up in our house and then they they auctioned them off that's funny (laughs) i think didn't that happen during i either saw it's very possible that i watched a panel online from like a different con that said that but okay it might have happened during one of the cons that we were at i know it was a con I don't know that I had that information before, so maybe not when you went to with me. Maybe so, yeah. So you well, probably I mean, watched one. ones with you. So. <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah. So you probably watched something online because yeah. I don't remember that. Yeah, that was probably an online one. Um, it says when Kripke, the show creator, dies, his white shirt is shown with blood splattered in the same pattern as Mary Winchester's um, nightgown in the pilot. Oh. Um. It says, in Ackles' trailer, Dean looks at the magazine cover and says, oh, come on, look at those male modeling sons of bitches. Nice blue steel, Sam. (laughs) Um, Blue steel is best uh, known, um, blue steel is the best known pose from the Zoolander um, movie with the coolest male model. Um, Mm -hmm. This pose is also used for Dean while taking pictures for his mug shot in Supernatural's 19th episode, Folsom Prison Blues. Yeah. Have you ever seen Zoolander? Yes. Okay. I actually really like that movie. It's so dumb. <laughs> it's so dumb, but I just, I love it. Like, I love it. I don't love, um, I don't love, like, the actual character Zoolander, but I just love everything going on around him. I, I don't know. I mean, there's parts of it that were kind of funny, but I just, I didn't, 
I didn't get it. You know, like I like stupid humor, but my type of stupid humor is more like, you know, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Like that oh, yeah. is like good, stupid humor where mm-hmm. stuff like Zoolander is just kind of like, eh, whatever, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> I like that movie. I think it's but, hilarious. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was bad, but I was just kind of like, eh, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't feel the need to ever watch it again. It would not hurt my feelings if I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it says, when the boys go to Jared's house, um, and flabbergasted by the size and opulence of the house, Sam remarks, I must be the star of this thing. It's technically true. Um, although both Jared and Jensen are the leads of Supernatural, and neither is treated with any more deference than the other, the show was originally written with Sam as the pivotal character, because his choice to leave with Dean and take up hunting again is what sets the entire plot line in motion. Um... They cast the role of Sam first, and to this day, Jared is number one on the call sheet, which is um, pride of place reserved for the star of the production. That's so wild, isn't it? I can see, like, the first five seasons, how that was true. And then I think that maybe after that, they kind of decided to make them equal leads in terms of the story that they're telling. Um, yes and no. I would kind of agree with that, but also I don't really agree with it because there's, I mean, throughout the whole thing, and especially, like, towards the ending, like, it's definitely, like, Dean is one of the main characters, you know, but it's Sam's story. I don't know. I don't see I see a lot of episodes where Dean is, where it's Dean's story. You know what I mean? I think they do it. I think they do it equally. I mean, I'm not sure. Maybe it leans more in one way or the other, but I haven't felt that way. You know what I mean? I felt like it's pretty equal in terms of, like I said, the story they're telling. Yeah, I... See, I agree. <clears throat> but with that. how they, um, without saying any spoilers, with how they ended the show, I could see that also. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. But also, so having not really thought about that until, you know, like I, I like I, I heard it from somebody else too before we started rewatching or and doing the podcast. And so, like, if you pay attention to all of the episodes and you kind of, like, in the back of of your mind, be like, Sam is the main character, like, it 100% makes sense Mm -hmm. to me. Like, yeah, I see it. You know, like, obviously, there's, it's not like Sam is the main focal point of the whole thing, but it's his story. Like, you're following, like, he's the reason why the two brothers are together and why they're hunting and why they're doing all this stuff. Because, like, Sam ultimately holds the control, like... He can leave and he cannot, you know, and that when you do see them kind of like part ways here and there, like it's def it's a different like when when they part ways, they do sometimes focus on Dean, but it's mostly mm-hmm. Sam. Hmm. I haven't noticed that. I'm gonna have to really pay attention to that as we keep going. Like with the whole in season, what was it, season one, where they um where they split up and he ends up like going to the bus station with Meg and doing all this sort of stuff. Like you see what's happening mm-hmm. in the episode with Dean, but just enough to like tie Sam back into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me. Like I said, I can see it in season one through five for sure. For sure. And I think it still kind of holds in the other seasons. It's maybe not as prominent, but if you look at it that way, it's not hard to just imagine that mm-hmm. that's, like he's the main character you know Mm -hmm. and like they're obviously both main characters it's not like he's 
you know, the, the ultimate star of the show, but it's definitely, right. you know, like, it's made to be from his point of view, I think, mm-hmm. more than Dean's, anyway. Um, anyways, um, so it says, after Raphael disappears in the middle of the final scene, uh, Balthazar says to Castiel, well, cast, now that you have your sword, try not to die by it. Um, this is a reference to the Bible verse, Matthew twenty six fifty two, um, which describes a disciple identified in the gospel of John as Peter, uh, drawing a sword to defend against the arrest of Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane, and then being rebuked by Jesus, who tells him to sheath the weapon. Uh, the verse reads, then Jesus, and then said Jesus unto him, put up again thy sword into his place for all, <clears throat> excuse me, as I'm choking on my spit, for all that they or for all they that take the sword shall perish, perish with the sword. That was really hard to read. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why. It's okay. Um, It says the scene in which the angel Virgil is selecting guns to fend off the Winchesters is reminiscent of a similar scene in Terminator. Um, And then they have a body count of five on this episode. It's Misha, Eric, Robert, Kevin Parks, and Lou Bolo. Okay. So, a lot of interesting facts about this one. That was a lot. I mean, this is like, I would argue that this is, I mean, obviously, other than Swan Song, this is a second rated one, but I would think that, like, people probably watch this one more often than they do Swan Song. Oh, yeah, for the laughs, for sure. Yeah. Um, So, our research from this week is Canada's Most Haunted Places. (laughs) Yeah. Because this is the only time that we're in Canada. That's right. So, um, like, they, they kind of make mentions of it here and there. Like, oh, the weather here is, like, going to Canada or something. That was a few episodes ago, I think, wasn't that? Mm-hmm. But um, they don't, they're not, like, in Canada. Um, this is from BelairDirect.com. Um, it says, from haunted houses and terrifying tombs to phantom ships and sinister streets, every province has its spooky spots. And while we don't offer ghost insurance, <laughs> we can tell you where to go to get goosebumps this Halloween. Um, read on if you dare and discover some of the most haunted places in Canada. So the first one is Simon McTavish's tomb in Montreal, Quebec. Um, it says, ruthless 19th, 19th century businessman Simon McTavish is rumored to haunt his tomb atop Mount Royal Cemetery. Uh, the mogul's resting place was buried years ago using uh, rebel from his demolished house. Um, even so, mean old McTavish has been spotted dancing by his grave and even tobogganing down the hill in his coffin. <laughs> <laughs> I That's just see great. This, like old grumpy man go wee down the hill. <laughs> I guess. What a ghost. That's that's the kind of ghost I want to be. He knows how to have fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it says no word on whether or not he wore a toque. I have no idea what that is. I don't know what that is. Or is that is a toque? Toque? It's T-U-Q-U-E. I have no idea. I don't know how to say that. And I don't know what it is. I'm going to look yeah. it up, actually. Do it. Do it. Because that seems like something that seems a little bit relevant. <laughs> um... A close-fitted knitted stocking cap. (laughs) (laughs) He was tobogganing, and they're not sure if he was wearing a stocking cap or not, but he was tobogganing. (laughs) (laughs) Great. That is great. (laughs) Uh, Okay, so the next one is Fulford Place from Brockville, Ontario. 
Um, it says this allegedly haunted mansion belonged to wealthy politician George Taylor Fulford, um, who made his millions on pink pills for pale people. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry. What? <laughs> I don't know. Can you repeat that, please? <laughs> pink pills for pale people. Okay. I'm going to look that up, too. <laughs> pink pills for, oh, for pale people. Here we are. Okay. Um, uh, let me see. Whoa. Um, okay. Uh, late 19th to early 20th century patent medicine containing ferrous uh, sulfate and magnesium sulfate um, claimed to cure chorea. Um, I, don't, I don't know what that is. Um, referenced frequently in newspaper headlines as St. Vitus's Dance, as well as locomotor ataxia, partial paralyxia, cystica, neuralgia, rheumatism, nervous headache, the after effects of la grippe, palpitation of the heart, pal pale and or sallow complexions, and forms of weakness in male or female. Huh, okay. It's like, I feel like it's one of those like miracle pills that fixes anything. That's kind of the whole. Right. Okay. Got it. <laughs> but pink peel pills for pale people. I mean, I guess it's just like, you know, for people that, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> I'm just going to move on. <laughs> okay. Just for the best. <laughs> <laughs> it says, um, after George's death, his wife, Mary, began holding regular seances. Uh, fun fact, Canadian Prime Minister Mackenzie King was a regular attendee. Um, Mary is said to haunt the manor, glaring down from portraits on the walls. Oh, creepy. Yeah. I like it. That's awesome. I follow you. It's like that episode where, with the haunted painting with, um, what's her name? Sarah? The one that Sam, like, tries to date oh, for yeah. a second. Right, right. Um, anyways, uh, the next one is Firkin's House in Fort Edmonton Park, Alberta. Um, it's said that the Firkin's House is haunted by not one, but three ghosts. Uh, the first is a floating woman in a white dress. Uh, the second is a sickly little boy. Um, the third, and possibly most terrifying, is a ventriloquist dummy that can mysteriously materialize inside cupboards and even move around on its own. No, thank you. No, thanks. That's like an, a whole other Annabelle situation. Like, yeah, that is creepy. Ugh. I don't like that. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> um, number four is Waterfront Station in Vancouver, British Columbia. It says, of the thousands that pass through this historic train station each year, a few may be ghosts. Among them, a jazz age flapper that dances down hallways and harasses security guards. There <laughs> <laughs> uh, is one of them, a headless brakeman who continues to make repairs, which, I mean, at least he's being helpful. Right. <laughs> and the spirits of three little old ladies who sit waiting for a train that never arrives. Oh. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, but yuck. <laughs> That's sad. I like the flapper dancer. I know, just like, hey, harass the security guards. <laughs> I know, that's great. That's <laughs> also the kind of ghost I want to be. <laughs> just like, woo! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to dance around. I know, right? <laughs> In my fancy outfit. Yep. <laughs> um, this one, I'm not totally sure how to say it. It's Bay Des Chaleur's Phantom Ship in Bathurst, um, New Brunswick. 
and I probably said all of that wrong, but we're going to go with it. Okay. <laughs> um, it says this eerie ghost ship is said to appear as a glowing arc of light in the bay. Um, legend says it's the specter of a burning pirate ship. In some versions, the fire was punishment for abducting a lady. In others, it was the revenge of a murdered sailor. Um, though some speculate the apparition is really just natural gas. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, number six is the King's Playhouse. Um, it says Georgetown, Prince Edward Island. Or it's from Georgetown, Prince Edward Island. It says the old theater is believed to be haunted by Captain George, a mostly friendly ghost. Uh, the spirit is so well liked that the theater reserves a front row seat for him at every performance. But sometimes George oversteps his welcome. He's been known to grab people's hands at shows and even crashed a wedding a few years ago. Oh, wow. No, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Just That's like here, awesome. let me this have all of a sudden you're sitting there and somebody's holding your hand. No thanks. <laughs> oh my god, you know that reminds me of when I was when I was younger, probably junior high. Um, we were staying at Paradise at Mount Rainier, and at night we kind of hiked up some trails and there was these huge flat rocks. Mm-hmm. And we laid down on them to me and my parents, we laid down on them to um look at the stars. Mm-hmm. And I realized that there was um this like weight on my hand Mm -hmm. and I thought it was my other hand because I did have my other hand on my hand Mm -hmm. but I moved my other hand away and the weight stayed there Mm -hmm. so I grabbed it and I threw it and I have no idea what it was to this day like did you like I grabbed it and it moved in my hand as I threw it away that's weird it was just like some fucking animal of some sort (laughs) it's probably like a chipmunk just like perched on your hand like why am i flying (laughs) it wasn't that big like i could grab it and in my fist and throw it but like i had i didn't like i wasn't aware if it was like furry or what maybe it was a mouse mouse mice are pretty small you just you just said sail to a mouse and just chucked it i yeeted that thing Oh my gosh, I have a story about somebody eating a chipmunk. (laughs) (laughs) So we're just going to do that real quick. (laughs) But, okay. Wait, is this going to upset me? No, it shouldn't. Okay. So, I mean, the chipmunk was not harmed in any way. Okay, all right, fine. (laughs) I remember I was on a, um, I was on a bus going to church camp one summer, and we had, so the church bus... (laughs) just kind of sat there at the church most of the year, right? And they'd clean it out and everything for people to use it or whatever. But for the most part, it was just sitting there. (laughs) And so we all get on this bus and we're, you know, in the middle of Eastern Washington, because this is when we used to go to um, um, Farragut State Park in Idaho. We don't, I mean, they didn't, they don't go there anymore, but we used to, and we would just like, we'd take up a huge chunk of the state park and just like set up all these little tent villages and like a whole thing. It was, it was cool. It was fun. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we're sitting there and the bus driver's like, there's something scurrying around by my feet. <laughs> oh, no. What the hell? You know, like, what's, I mean, didn't say that at church camp, but still, right. you're like, there's something, there's something scurrying by my feet. And then this, so there's a chipmunk nest that apparently had made a home in the driver's seat. <laughs> oh my God. And when the bus seat kind of was like going up and down a little bit as like the road was going, he just like 
he was like, why are you shaking my house and hopped out and started running around the bus? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and so they like, we were trying, we pulled over to the side of the road, right? Cause they're like, we don't want, you know, it crawling up the bus driver's pant leg and causing a wreck or something, you know? Right. And so we're all like <laughs> standing on our seats, hoping that it doesn't like crawl up our pants or whatever. Like all of everybody was just like, ah, and you'd see this little, this little chipmunk go vroom right under your seat. Like you'd hear it skittering around. And yeah. Then, like you'd just see a dart of it going underneath another seat. And we're all like, it's over here. It's over here. And somebody put on a leather glove, which I don't know where they got it from. And so, yeah, one of the leaders, he, like, caught the squirrel in his gloved hand and just, like, went outside the bus and just threw it. <laughs> oh. No, it was hilarious because it doesn't, like, he flew. Like, he spread out <laughs> yeah. all of his arms and legs and just kind of, like, floated down to the ground and then hit the ground <laughs> running like a freaking cartoon. You could just see him just, like, zoom, you know? <laughs> yeah. Okay, like, he clearly wasn't hurt. But yeah. It, it was a whole, like, time of, like, on the side of I-90, everybody going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> figure out the, where the chipmunk is, you know? Oh, my God. He eated it. He just chucked it. <laughs> yeah. it but I just remember it kind of like seemingly floating down to the ground. I mean, obviously it was a fast float, but he kind of went right. eat, eat, eat like a piece of paper and then hit the ground running and took off. That's amazing. <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. Yeah. But, Poor chipmunk. I mean, yes and no. Like, was he displaced from his previous home? Yes. Yes. But also like nothing happened to him, I'm sure. Yeah. And then, instead of having to live in an old bus, he had, you know, all of eastern Washington to live in, so, you mm-hmm. know, there's that. That's right. <laughs> um, but anyways, back to the research. <laughs> so, um, this next one is Victoria Street. It says it's in St. John's, uh, Newfoundland. Um, this historic street may look quaint, but some accounts say it's riddled with ghosts. Um, people have seen ghostly cigarette smokers and spectral orbs and heard haunted knocking and blood-curdling screams. Um, you name it. This colorful row of houses has more paranormal reports per block than anywhere else in the city. Wow. So, you know, great. <laughs> um, the last one, it says the Five Fishermen Restaurant in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Um, it says, get your fish and chips with a side order of frights at this popular family eatery. Um, before it was a restaurant, the building was a funeral home for victims of the 1912 Titanic sinking and the 1917 Halifax explosion. Um, now diners and staff say the restaurant is home to pesky, pesky poltergeists who show up without reservations. <laughs> so, yeah, that would be kind of, kind of creepy. That would be. Like, and it's, it's like, I just want to have a meal. Please leave me alone, you know, like going on yeah but anyways yeah that is that's our research <laughs> um what was your idiot or ask that moment from this week okay so uh killian's birthday was this week and mm-hmm. we had it was um, yesterday it was yesterday that's right he's mm-hmm. six now happy Ugh. birthday to the beastie happy mm-hmm. birthday beastie dear god <laughs> he's... I, I was so sad that he didn't have the same birthday as me though not gonna lie Oh, I know. I, I wanted him to. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. <laughs> um, so before his birthday, we had all of his presents in boxes in our room and um, we were going to 
wrap them and there was this little like white box um, on the very top of them and it was addressed to Eric and it had already been opened mm -hmm. and so I just thought it was another present so I go to look inside because I couldn't remember what was in it mm -hmm. and it's like this medical equipment it's like a test to breathalyzer thing mm -hmm. and I'm like Eric like what the fuck is this <laughs> And he's like, what? I don't know what that is. And I was like, well, it's addressed to you and it's been opened. Why is it with the presents? And he's like, I don't know. I've never seen it before. <laughs> and I was like, okay, well, it's, you know, what doctor like prescribed you this test? <laughs> like, like what, what exactly is it first of all? And you know, yeah. Like why, why, what's happening? He's like, I don't know. And I was like, okay. And then a couple minutes later he was like, okay, I remember. <laughs> I'm like, okay, what, what is it? He was it? just trying to play it off the whole time. Hoping I don't know. I don't know. Alone or? Probably. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, he's like, I'm supposed to fast for, he was like, it's from the gastroenterologist and I'm supposed to fast for uh, 24 hours and then breathe into this tube and then mail in the sample to mm -hmm. test my gut flora. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, like, well, it's clear, you know, obviously he didn't do it because he didn't want to fast for 24 hours. You know what I mean? But I was like, yeah. I was like, when is the last time you saw the gastroenterologist? And he was like, before the pandemic. Defeat. That's what that is. Just defeat. So he has been holding on to it for that long. And I was just like, oh my God. So I'm going to make him do it. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, what was your Agent Araspa moment? So mine is I'm a doofus. And I, so I was making pies for Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. And I decided to, when I was putting one of the pies in the oven, I like lifted my hand up for some reason. Instead of like, you know, normally you put your, you know, your hands in, you put the pie down and then you take your hands right back out. So you don't touch anything hot. Instead, I decided to lift up my hand and hit the top of the oven. Ooh. Made a sound. Ooh, <laughs> gross. And singed myself. But okay. So at first it was just kind of pink. And like the next day it was a little slightly, like you could tell, like it was a little shiny, but yeah. like it just kept getting worse and worse. And so, and eventually it was like kind of open and now it's like, mostly like scabbed over or whatever oh yeah um but and it's still pretty pink I'm, I'm sure that that's probably gonna scar pretty good but um yeah I was just like <laughs> what what tempted me to touch the top of the oven like oh this will be fine you know yeah. <laughs> oh god that sound <laughs> like, oh it's not good you know like you could hear it sizzling you know yeah Ooh. but yeah like that that was definitely an odd thing I, I didn't I don't like it. <laughs> and it's, it made it a little tricky for work because I'm having to like, you know, put liquid bandaid on there or like super glue or whatever to just try and like hold it together. So I don't like leak on people. And not so that I don't leak on people. It's never ble bled, but you know, just so that way, um, I don't have like whatever's on people get into my hand either, you know? Right. Exactly. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Oh God. I'm sorry that happened. That sounds horrible. That was fun. It was my own dumb fault. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was an idiot <laughs> for sure. That sizzling sound though, man. <laughs> I don't oh, like yeah. it. Oh yeah. That kind of threw me because I've never heard that before. Like I've burned myself plenty of times, but I never heard it sizzle. <laughs> yeah. Uh. 
All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us at idgitsandaspetspodcast at gmail.com. The word and is spelled out or visit our Facebook page, Idgits and Aspects, a supernatural podcast. You can also find us on Instagram. Thanks again. Thank you.